Nation. Authors, coaches, speakers. Five, four, three, two, one. Amplify your mission. Access training. best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. Right, this week, it's all about leading imperfectly. We have James T. Robolata on the line, and he makes audiences pause. We're going to talk about the value of being authentic leaders, professionals, being vulnerable. He's a professional speaker, so we're going to touch on how the environment in 2020 has affected him. So firstly, James, are you ready to amplify your mission today? Let's go, Adam. I'm here for it. Awesome. <laughs> that was uh, quite a brief introduction. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? Nah, man, that, that, that's great. We don't, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, when in doubt, set low expectations and then blow people <laughs> out of the water. You know what I mean? Come on now. It looks like a kiddie pool, but there's some depth over here. Let's get it. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we go up. Well, last time I got him rapping, he was on the, the partner podcast, the Talk Accelerator. So your rap's out of the way. So don't worry, you don't have to do it this time. But I remember it being a fun interview. So touch, touch on your origins. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Yeah, absolutely. Born and raised in New York. I'm, I'm a proud New Yorker. Uh, and uh, yeah, spent, spent most of my life there. But uh, actually, about a, about a year and a half ago, moved to Minnesota. Um, because, you know, why not? You know, spin the globe, see where you wind up, Minnesota. Uh, no, <laughs> my, uh, my wife is from out here. And uh, we moved out here to uh, be able to raise a family and or start a family, actually. And so that's what that's what brought us here, man. Yeah, similar. I've got, I've kind of, the reason I'm in the middle of nowhere or up here is because of the, the wife as well. And it's a good place to raise a family. Cool. So speaking, what did you originally want to do when you was growing up? How long have you been a professional speaker? Um, and obviously I'm sure we're going to touch on how, how things have uh, been this year, but yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about the journey. Yeah, of course, brother. So yeah, so uh, what I wanted to be when I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to be when I grew up was actually a marine biologist. Uh, so uh, I don't I don't know if you remember Jacques Cousteau, yeah. um, right? For sure. I, w I wanted to be the next Jacques Cousteau. Uh, I wanted to educate the people about the Fijis, and um, and so uh, so I went to I went to university uh, for uh, for that. And um, around my junior year, I realized I was putting too many jokes in my scientific papers, and my teachers were like this may not be for you. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. Um, but uh, so I got a master's in counseling uh, and took a hard left. But it's interesting because if you pair back the goal of being a marine biologist, underneath the marine biology part was this desire to educate people about, uh, entertain people about something that I thought was really cool. Entertain and educate people about something that I thought was really cool. And so you fast forward to becoming a speaker and now that's literally what I'm still doing, right? I'm entertaining yeah. and educating people about a topic that I think should be important to them. Um, and so it's kind of funny how that through line carried in, right? The dress looks a little bit different, but your boy still looks fresh. So, um, so I think, uh, yeah, it's fascinating that, that that's kind of how it, I wound up here. And how long have you, would you class yourself as a professional speaker as opposed to, uh, I suppose, sp you've been speaking to people for a while, but how long do it too? And was that kind of awakening moment when you made that transition and, and went all in or did you do this smooth transition or talk to us about, you know, that bold choice to go for that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, uh, I've been, I've been a speaker for 10 years. Um, and, uh, I, I initially it was a side hustle in the beginning. It was kind of something that I thought would be kind of cool. And, uh, just as a way to, I don't know, I've always been a, a little bit of an attention whore. And so, uh, so speaking is a really great thing. Nicely Cause it's like put, a yeah. little, <laughs> Speaking's great because it's a little for you and a little for me, right? <laughs> and uh, and so um, so yeah. So when I first got into it, I actually I didn't even know that this was necessarily a career or something that I could do. But I was speaking at conferences just as a, a professional in the field that I was working in. I worked in education, um, and uh, and I was speaking at some conferences and just giving a breakout presentation for fun, just to pass on knowledge, not at all for any other reason. And somebody came up to me and was like, "Hey, that was a, a really great session. If you don't mind me asking, how much do you?" charge and I was like who the hell are you talking to right now <laughs> right like I was like uh you could buy me lunch I guess um and uh so yeah so that's kind of when I realized you know maybe maybe I got something a little bit more here maybe this yeah. isn't just uh something fun that I do occasionally at conferences and so that's kind of how I dove in started doing some more research putting together keynotes um, and starting to practice a bunch. So I worked for free actually for a, a number of years because I didn't think I was good enough, right? Told yeah. myself like, nah, man, you, you didn't lose a leg in Vietnam. You're not a recovering alcoholic. You didn't hurt, you didn't like all these kind of crazy stories. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I was like, you know, this isn't about you. Um, but so I, that kept me from actually charging. But once I did, yeah, I've been a professional for about 10 years now, man. Been on my own uh, as well, so. Awesome. And uh, we won't go into it too much, but when did you do your TEDx? And uh, if people are interested in your TEDx journey as well, we've got that in the partner podcast, but talk to us about when you did the TEDx and how that fits into the sort of timeline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did the TEDx kind of right in the middle, almost like five years in uh, to being a speaker. And, uh, and that was just a, something, an opportunity that I was really excited about. I think, uh, um, you know, I was really pumped to get a TEDx talk. I was like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the catalyst. Um, <laughs> millions of views. Millions this is it. That's it. I went, I pre-bought my mom a new car. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> But uh, no, so, uh, but yeah, but it, I mean, it was an incredible experience. I'm very grateful for it. And uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. Was there ever anyone, you, it's quite situational, that guy would come over and said, how much do you charge? But it could have been before then or later in life. Is there anyone who helped awaken your alpha? This is my Yoda question. Who helped guide you? And, and actually in the speaking world as well, was there someone like, that's the guy or that's the lady? Like, like did you have anyone like that a figure to aspire to or someone more actually in your face yeah for sure so it's interesting when i think about role models um yes there are people who are incredible who have like killed the game right like your john maxwell's your your tony robbins your vaynerchuks your eric thomas's your uh les browns you know what i mean like these individuals who are iconic in the speaking world um but uh, for me, I, I do I appreciate those individuals a lot. I watch them, I learn from them, I study them. Uh, but when I think about role models, the most effective role models I found for myself are the ones that are like two or three years ahead of me. Yeah, I'm with you on this big time. Yeah, because right? you can relate to them more. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and like the breadcrumbs that they dropped haven't disintegrated yet, right? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, think about it, like starting your career in the 80s is different than starting your career now. Yes, there are some fundamentals that overlap, but it's just different, right? Um, and again, you can get into like some Malcolm Gladwell outliers kind of conversation there too, mm -hmm. where they blew up at a time that there were less people doing it. Um, and so, and, and less noise on social media. Um, and so... Uh, but yeah, so 
So I have, uh, I have a buddy of mine. His name is Tom Krigelstein. I intentionally gave you the hardest name that wow. I knew. So no I was going to say, you can't forget that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, he's, yeah he's, a, he's been a speaker. And I would say that he is two, three years ahead of me, has hired a couple other speakers under him to deliver his message, has written a number of books, is getting to do stuff for mm. Nike. Um, but uh, more importantly, it's the way that he runs his business that I really appreciate it. And, yeah. uh, and so I'm very fortunate to call him a dear friend. And if I need to pick up the phone and be like, yo, how do you, how are you handling contracts during COVID? Like, are yeah. you, are you drawing a hard line or are you not? Or, hey, how are you keeping up with individuals that have moved from one company or one school to another? Like, what's your system there? And he's been a very open book, uh, which I love. He kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big barbecue guy. And uh, like they say of the barbecue chefs in Texas that, uh, that they'll teach you exactly how to do it and then say good luck, um, right? <laughs> so, yeah. and he's kind of like that, right? He gives me all the information. Yep. He's like, but you got to, he's like, I'm not going to come and do it for you. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. This is uh, obviously been an interesting year. I don't know when this podcast is going to go out, so we keep it open and hopefully things are all normal by the time you hear this. But leading imperfectly, it's definitely an imperfect year. Um, what are your thoughts on how people can lead, uh, be vulnerable, be real, and you know, challenging times and you know, crack on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, it's funny, whenever we're in the middle of uncertainty and wading through ambiguity, um, there, we have three options. I don't, I don't know if you'd agree with me, Adam, but like 2020 feels like, 2020 feels like we're all walking across a frozen lake, <laughs> right? And we're, do, we're doing that like- I like it, I'm with you on this walk. so far and I'm already, yeah. Yeah, right? It looks like we're <laughs> shuffle pangolin walking. Now we're all out here in the middle, like, damn, I thought this lake was going to be a little smaller. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so just, now we're not exactly sure how big. That's where we are at this point, yes. <laughs> yeah, right? Now we're not exactly sure how big the lake is. Um, but we have three choices. We can go back to where we came from. That's not really an option, though, because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, or we can, uh, you know, we can stay here and just be like, screw it. I'm just waiting it out. Uh, but that doesn't work because like ice melts and that's a problem. Um, and so we have to make the choice to press on right into uh, into the unknown to quote Frozen 2. Um, I know this podcast is sponsored by Frozen 2. So I, I made sure I got that in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the thing is, is that uh, when we're trying to lead through uncertainty, though, uh, you know, since we don't have answers, the only thing we have is authenticity. Right. Since we can't provide all like we, we, there's no blueprint for the last pandemic. Um, we, all we can do is is own where we are. Um, and that takes a lot oftentimes because many leaders, um, many leaders are often uh, are, are often self-conscious and kind of existing in like this imposter syndrome place of like, ah, I don't know, I'm just kind of sitting here waiting for people to realize they shouldn't have hired me. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, but how would you lead if you knew you were the right person, right? Like, how would you lead if you knew that you were the exact person that people needed right now? Like, that would boost your confidence. It would make you show up. Uh, it would also make you own some of your mistakes. It would make you, uh, and that's such a powerful thing to do, right, is to own, uh, provide clarity and own your mistakes. That is really important. And I promise that's the last time I'll talk about politics on the, on the podcast. Um, but uh, <laughs> but the, th the thing is, is that... Uh, uh, the thing is, is that ultimately all we have is ourselves 
And so being authentic to those around you is important because when we see ourselves in somebody else, we believe that we can. And so seeking perfection and seeking control in the midst of ambiguity is an unrealistic goal. And so how can we set more realistic goals for ourselves and therefore people around us right now? It's kind of where I've been at. Yeah. I, I'd say on, on a personal level, as a, as a speaker, you know, and again, there's a lot of people out there who attach, I'm a speaker to their bio. And then they're realistically like at least 80, 90, 95%, they're doing something else. And that's like, you said, more like when you used to do it at a workshop type thing, but you yeah. are a professional speaker and, and uh, I've seen you speak around other people who are maybe not professionals or that's not their, what they lead with. And it shows, you know, you're very skilled at your craft. So this is, this is your thing. You are a professional speaker. On the surface, this has really got to kick you in the balls, this 2020. How are you leading with authenticity and dealing with the challenges of this, the frozen lake? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, 2020 was just disrespectful to my business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you, you're right. I mean, 90 about, I think I'm around 85 to 92%, give or take the year. Um, speaking is my, is the, my income. And, um, and so when the pandemic hit, understandably, uh, apparently we couldn't all hang out in crowded rooms and breathe on each other while I talked to them. Um, and so, uh, so I lost about 30, uh, about 35 gigs, um, mm -hmm. which was intense, right? It's a, a huge chunk of the income and, uh, and whatnot. And so at that point, at that point, you make the decision to cry or do something else. Uh, in my case, say, it was did, a decision. Did you initially, to, when we kind of first spoke about six months ago, do you think, ah, have a little break, just kind of like plan for the next gigs <laughs> at the end of the year and just got kind of like, hey, it is what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll plan the next ones and like we yeah. postpone them a little bit. And now obviously it's a, did you think like that or, you know, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was a little like bit like, okay, <laughs> for me, for me, August is actually a really big month in my business. Um, and, uh, and so, so I was like, I was like, if this impacts August, then I'm going to be in a real pickle. Um, but what I thought in the beginning was I was, I was one of those people that a lot of, a lot of people didn't like that. I was like, this is such a great opportunity. Right. And so for me, it was like, okay, uh, the worst thing in life, in my opinion, is wasted time. Yeah. And so we were all just given the gift of time, right? Um, and uh, with this. And so, uh, so what can I do with it? And so for me, it was a lot of like, hey, this is an opportunity to give back. So I did a lot of free programs for individuals, not a lot of free programs, just, to, just like I did a free weekly webinar series of just like, hey, let's create community, let's learn some things, let's keep moving uh, and, and whatnot. And then I also uh, I have a, a podcast that's dropping, uh, that's dropping here in the fall, which I'm really excited about that I've been working on throughout the summer. And, uh, and so it was the opportunity of like what what does this opportunity present right um and so that was kind of what i saw it as but then i went real hard in the beginning because that's kind of who i am right i'm a futurist ideation kind of person but then around uh the beginning of august i hit this wall and i was like okay i did all of these things i put all this stuff out there i'm exhausted mm. and now now what do i have to show for it uh, and it was a really tough time to be like, was it all for not? Uh, did I just, was, was that all a big waste of time and energy or, and so I think it was this moment of, of beating myself up and this moment of, of pause of like, you know, what are you really doing here? Yeah. Um, I think so a lot was, of people can relate to hitting yeah. a wall. 
I yeah. think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's happening all over the place. You know, I, I definitely hit a wall similar sort of times as well. So yeah, you just smack into it. I mean, you try to, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love to say that we could sit here and be optimists and be like, let's go. <laughs> but, uh, but some of the stuff sucks, right? Like, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's definitely hard. It was definitely hard and it definitely impacted me. But uh, I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of it for me, I started with creating a whole bunch of things that I thought people would want. Mm. And then here towards, to, towards this side of, of the quarantine, I've now started asking right? Instead of like putting all this energy and creating something and be like, you want this now? You eat this? Um, <laughs> instead, I ask people like, you know, what are you looking for right now? Yeah. You know, what's, what's hard? What's, what's not working? What would be helpful? Um, and then, and trying to do that instead of like swooping in and saving the day with, I'll come up with something you probably need. Now it's like, no, let me, let me actually listen. So it's been interesting. Have you been able to transition into um, virtual events? Is that kind of some of your strategy as well as a professional speaker? And, and I've yeah. also seen, you know, some people have, you know, literally gone to locations, done it as if, you know, it's been televised, well, televised or like streamed mm -hmm. uh, for their group. They're there on stage as normal kind of thing, but there's no audience there. And there's all sorts of hybrids going on. What's been your experience of that so far? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely went, went hard into the virtual world, uh, bought zoom stock and zoom. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah, but it's been interesting because a lot of times we think it'd be really frustrating. And now I, I incorporate a lot of humor into the work that I do, as you can tell, I'm very funny. Um, but, uh, no, I incorporate a lot of humor into what I do. Uh, and so it's hard, right? Like, I mean, that's a self-esteem punch every time when you make a joke and just, I was going to say, because I, well, I'm sure a lot of people get this as well, but I'm really kind of, you talk about hitting a wall, this kind of interviews are completely different. There's back and forth, we're laughing, yeah. whatever. But when you're delivering something on Zoom, say there's like 100, 200 people, you just see the number, you might see a little feed to distract you, number one. There's so many things to distract you and it's just silence. And yeah. I, I don't crack that many jokes or like, I'm not as funny as you, I would say. But still, the, the little bits where I'm expecting, it's just nothing, it's just flat. And it's just, I, a lot of times I'm like, you feel like checking the mic, is this on? Like, yeah. are you guys, am I, am I just in my basement by myself wasting this hour or is there anyone listening? I'm not a fan, <laughs> but like yeah. you say, it is what it is at this point. So for someone like yourself who is very funny, definitely mm -hmm. that, how, how challenging is that? Yeah, I call it the silence of insecurity. Oh, <laughs> that's that's you've nailed it. You have now, <laughs> I, and there's no feedback at the end, it's like kind yeah. of. It's not, yeah, you're lucky, yeah, but I'm usually it's yeah. nothing like, Hey, thanks. You don't see yeah. the organizers really that much because they're busy doing the event and it's, uh, yeah, it's very awkward. <laughs> you allow, I try to get, do you yeah. allow these nice long pauses for your particularly hilarious moments? Just pause, pause for laughter. I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I call it out too. I was like, that was a pause for you to laugh. I know you're sitting by yourself right now and you're probably not laughing, but that was more for me than you. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, it's interesting. I actually, I mean, I ask people to please turn on their cameras uh, just so I can feel like I have, I can watch somebody laugh yeah. every once in a while. You get that like actor in the front who like gives you the, <laughs> right. That big like <laughs> guffaw looking laugh. Um, and they make you feel good, but yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely hard because the other part of it is that my speaking style is I get you laughing. Uh, I get you laughing. I get you feeling good. And then I sucker punch you in the feels. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of my whole speaking style. And so what's equally important are those pauses of silence after I say something that's a little bit deeper, right? Or mm -hmm. a little bit bigger. Um, and, and to not know if that's happening, like you said, the chat's going over here and so-and-so's picking his nose over here and somebody's eating a sandwich, right? <laughs> You're just like, um, but yeah, it's been powerful, but it's kind of cool though. Because one thing I've noticed is that there has actually been more vulnerability in virtual presentations than there has been in real life. And so, you know, I talk, I ask questions like, you know, what are stories that you tell yourself? What version of yourself do you allow others to see? You know, some of these like kind of bigger questions and to watch people answer honestly and vulnerably in the chat has been really beautiful as opposed to in person where people are like looking around and being like, yes, who's going to judge gonna me? Stand up to the microphone or put their hand up in front of a room. Yeah. Yes. full of people not so much yeah 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 q and a's have been way better too because no one's looking around being like oh come on rick you're gonna keep us here for another 10 minutes with your question um right it's been really cool to watch the way people have opened up um on you know via this platform so there's been some pros i was gonna say that might be tied to that how do you feel you've evolved as a professional speaker diving into just you know the majority virtual yeah, definitely. I got to do one event live um, recently. It was at it was actually at a college um, Ooh, in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it was at a college in Pennsylvania. It was outside under a big tent. There were only like two people per table, um, and it's funny because I did feel myself plowing through some of those pauses I normally give just because I've gotten into this rhythm of you know the new way that I speak, um, and so that's been interesting. Mm -hmm. But also thinking about what are ways that like engagement still matters, right? You can't just watch my bobblehead for, for the next hour and then call it a good speech. So yeah. what are the ways that we can engage? How can I ask cool questions to inspire thought or use breakout rooms and things like that? Um, and so that's been, I think that's really kind of how I've been trying to lean into it is trying to define what engagement can look like in this world, in this new world. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's huge. You really, cause yeah, you, if you're not, thinking or paying attention like that you can really just you know uh, a talking head for 45 minutes and, and like people have, uh, not falling asleep but yeah there's distractions that's the other people have got lots of uh, distractions in their own house and room as well which is uh, yeah interesting yeah my okay, house well, has never been cleaner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start to wrap this up is there a particular book all-time favorite book of yours or just one you like to recommend and if relevant, I can give you two if, if one's related to the kind of the public speaking realm. Sure. I think, uh, I mean, all-time favorite book is Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Um, I read that at a really important time in my life. Uh, I was going through, I was going through a divorce and uh, it was a really important time for me to think about how do I talk to myself? How do I talk about myself to myself? Um, and so uh, that book really helped me a lot. Um, and I think it's beautifully written and, and pretty poignant. So, <clears throat> uh, so I would say that that's a, that's a big one uh, for me. As far as books around public speaking, um, I don't necessarily know if I, I don't think I've ever read a book on public speaking. No. Come well, to I think of say, it. Yeah. One, one's good. I usually just say one, but I just wanted to, you know, if it was there, then we'd have it, but. No worries. Yeah. I think, so, well, Kendra Hall wrote a book. Uh, Kendra Hall uh, wrote a book uh, called Stories That Stick. Okay. Um, and that one's, it's about storytelling, but that's obviously a big part mm -hmm. of, uh, of speaking. But it's also, it's a cool book because it's also great for companies, right? Like how does, how is my company telling its story um, and things like that. And so it, it works in both ways. And it just kind of makes you think about what, what other stories do I have in the arsenal that maybe I didn't think 
could be impactful to others. Yeah. And what's one of your favorite quotes or just an approach to life that, you know, the sort of thing you'd have up in your office and look at it every day if you're a quotes man? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> one, of my, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, by the wise old sage Anonymous. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and Anonymous says uh, that happiness is only a place that you can visit, but the smartest people go there often. Mm. Um, I like that one. Another one is from a, a psychology professor that I had. And, uh, and he said that the moment is more important than what comes after the moment. Um, kind of that idea of, of being present. So, um, and one quote that I've been saying recently that I think has been resonating with some folks is this is actually just a question. It's, you know, did you learn to swim before or after you got in the pool? Um, ah. <clears throat> Right. Like and it. so like, you know, so how, you are we, how are we deep. jumping You're backing in? up your claim of being deep now. Like. <laughs> awesome. um, I was looking for some advice in terms of kind of like two camps. So you've got your speakers who are, you know, are they just down in tools now? Advice for them that they, they want to keep speaking. They shouldn't wait out. And also, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. So those aspiring speakers who are looking to go pro, do they, you know, the, the knee jerk might think, oh, now's not the time to go pro. What are your advice to them? This it's a new landscape, and we don't know how this this could be it for the future. We yeah. don't know. So, what is your advice to, you know, professional speakers who are maybe obviously, well, they are challenged by the current situation, and those who are looking to step into this arena. Great question. I think for for uh, my advice for professional speakers is, uh, is 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 talk to your audience. Like the people that got you here will be the people that get you through this. And so talk to them and see what they need and what they're looking for right now. Don't be afraid to drop your fee a little bit to, in order to serve. Right. Mm. This is a great time for us to serve. Um, and uh, and we've been given a lot as as speakers. Um, there's, it's okay to to do some things at a lower fee, um, especially because we're not traveling too. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that I would say. It's also uh, check your message. Is your message relevant to 2020, right? There's been, this has been a really important year. Um, a lot of, a lot of social injustice is finally getting talked about um, and, uh, and, and, and has grabbed the microphone in a really beautiful way. Um, you know, is that, is that coming in wherever you talk? Um, or are you thinking that you can do the same talk that you did in 2016 as you can in 2021? Um, so I think this is, this is the moment to recognize that like, hey, the world's changing. That probably means that my talk needs to change a little bit too. Um, so don't be afraid to put in that work. Um, and then as far as to aspiring speakers, I actually think this is a really cool time to get in because everybody is doing things virtually. And as an aspiring speaker, what you first need to do is, is, uh, you know, is, is kind of bust your, ch or, or work your chops, right? Like work, work it out. Um, and so this is an opportunity to do a whole bunch of free gigs where you're not shelling out you know, the conference registration fee and the flights yeah. and the hotels to go give a free speech at some conference. Instead, right now you can do it virtually. Um, and so think about, I think for most new speakers, I ask three questions. What are you passionate about that other people need to be passionate about? Who needs to hear what you're passionate about and why do they need to hear it from you? Um, and if we can get answers to those three questions, then I think we can start to put out some materials to folks and just be like, hey, could I ever do a, uh, you know, a just a, could I, could I ever do a webinar, a quick virtual workshop for your team? Um, would you ever be interested in that? Now, those kind of things are, are ways to start to, to grow and hone the speech so that when it comes time to, I guess, charge those higher in-person fees, you've already kind of, you, you've put in the hours. Yeah. 
And I'd imagine you were, uh, like you said, traveling quite a lot before this all sort of changed. Yeah. Is that, I mean, you don't want too much of one thing and too much of the other, really. But say when this, if this ever goes back to similar scenarios to sort of pre-2020, would you be looking to incorporate more virtual aspects? Because there is a, is there a part of you that enjoys not traveling all the time? Do you, do you know what I mean? Are you looking to try and get advanced? Or do you think, oh, as soon as it's back to normal, I'm getting that back out on the road and just hammering it like I did before? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you asked me a few months ago, I would say, let's go. I miss, I miss planes, Delta, where you been? I miss you. I want to give you a hug. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's kind of cool, man. Um, but we're, uh, we're expecting a baby. Um, mm. And uh, so the I baby's doing things, yeah. on January 5th. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so th in part, I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, I'm actually kind of grateful to this because it's, it's given us opportunities. It's forced us uh, to come up with other ways to make, uh, to make money potentially from our house. And whether that is creating video series that people can buy and implement for at their companies, um, or if it is, you know, just, you know, zoom, zoom speeches, whatever it is. Um, I think the world is now more open to it, which is exciting because yeah. now we can have, you know, our in-person pricing, our virtual pricing, our video package pricing, um, and, and I think some of those things will keep me home a little bit more. Now, yeah. I love the road. I miss the road deeply. Um, and, and I do want to get back out there. There's a rhythm to it. There's a, I have ADHD. And so I love just constantly being in motion um, that, that, feeds, that feeds that ADHD side of me. Um, and so, you know, that's something that we're going to have to learn in parenting is what's our balance. My wife is also a, a professional speaker. Um, mm, and so, uh, yeah. so thinking about like, what is that going to look like? I think it'll be fascinating once this, once this little person comes through and how it shifts the way we think. And for those who want to continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Absolutely. I'm James T. Robo, R-O-B-O, all over uh, social media. I've been posting some meaningful content on, uh, on Instagram and, and Twitter, um, but also obviously James Robolata on LinkedIn. Uh, you can type in James T. Robo on YouTube also, and we out there. That was smart going for James T. Robo. I thought you was going to have to spell out your second name, <laughs> but no. Yeah, no. Nobody's got time for that. In, yeah. Links in the show notes. And finally, what's the, the one question you wished I'd ask? You feel like I've missed a trick here. Is there anything you feel that's left unsaid? I want to give you the kind of the stage to close it. Is there anything left? Hmm. <clears throat> First of all, I mean, you're an expert. Satisfied. Yeah, you're an expert. You're an expert interviewer, brother. I, I, I appreciate the way that you ask questions. And so I don't, I don't necessarily think so, man. I, I, feel really, uh, I feel really good about it. I mean, your podcast helps so many. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure. Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Make sure to join up. Amplify your mission. Community on Facebook. Get all your questions answered. Thank you for your cooperation. All right. Have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. System shutdown. Three, two, one.